soul glow. And I stay in gold mode. They say, what you let me go for? How much you sell your soul for? Don't let them lights blind you. Cause they fact could be a dirty game. I pray to God that your boy never change. Until the day I'm done, I'm gonna stay the same. Gotta feed the kids, trying to feed the game. I'm grind, grind. I'm constantly reminding. What is up? What is up? What is going on today? It's Tuesday. We in a new month, but we still celebrating black history. This your boy, Daydream. And your boy, Steven. And this is the Couch Potato Podcast. Man, we finally made it to episode 20 after 12 weeks of waiting <laughs> because of Snowmageddon. <laughs> and because of everything else that's been going on. Um, yes, even though it's March, March the 2nd, shout out to my brother Terry. Today is birthday. He 39. He getting old, but I'm right behind him. So, but uh, yeah, we're still celebrating black history. So, a lot to talk about today. And because uh, Snowmageddon messed us up with all these leaks and the power outages, um, we're kind of going to go around a lot today with what we're going to talk about. Yes, we'll talk about the NBA, talk about the NFL, maybe a little Major League Baseball, uh, tennis, boxing. We're going we're gonna to take you around the world in America about what's going on. And I'm even telling you all the story of why the white man hate us blacks so much. Preach, I'm preacher. You, I'm going to give you the, the origin of why it happened. Got to bear with me. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long show today. I hope you're ready. Go ahead, get your popcorn ready, get your tea, because you're gonna have a lot to eat and sip on today. All right, let's talk about the thing that we call snow Mageddon. First off, let me say this: last year in 2020, we had this pandemic that happened that's apparently still going on. That some people think it's a hoax, but all of a sudden they want to get vaccinated. But that's here nor there. <laughs> and. and you know, in, in Texas, you know, we have hurricane season and things like that. Not a one single hurricane came to Texas. I mean, it may have gotten close, but it did not even touch us. And then all of a sudden, the new year comes. We're like, 2021, okay. You know, don't start nothing. Won't be nothing. And then, boom. We go from having 80-degree weather to 18-degree weather for like three days straight. Now, my question is, why wasn't Texas prepared? Well, <clears throat> Texas wasn't prepared because they weren't prepared to find any federal funding, period. They didn't want to be funded by the government and have EPA standards with weatherizing pipes and everything and also weatherizing the, the electric grids. So when you think about the words ERCOT, E-R-C-O-T, you need to look them up and find out that it was all on them and they dropped the ball because they wanted to make sure that they didn't want to follow the rules that the federal government was trying to imply to make sure we are able to make it to a snowstorm. That's why we don't have no snow plows. That's why we didn't have no backup generators. That's why our pipes were busting. And it was so much more. That's why our folks are suffering now with $2,000, $3,000 light bills because ERCOT didn't want to make the necessary adjustments to prepare us for such a thing. What we learn from this Yes, we will. 
But I hope that everybody realizes that a storm like this is going to come again. And we all need to just have our minds girded up, locked up, and be prayed up about it. Absolutely. Like, this whole thing, and it, it was a trip because, like, in our house, we normally are prepared for things that just in case something happened, like we have enough water, we have enough food in the house and everything. Like, like I would carry a couple of cases of water in my truck because I work at night, so... Instead of having to go buy some, like, at a convenience store, I can just, you know, put a couple of water bottles in my in, in the vehicle that I'm riding in and go from there. Well, the well ran dry, and obviously, like, like most people in Houston and surrounding area, well, most people in Texas, they lost power and they lost water. And unless you had a generator, you know, you were without power for anywhere between 24 to 72 hours. And again, I love the, the state of Texas. I love, you know, well, I love all people. I'll just say that. But, you know, I love my people in Texas. But as a state, we are never prepared for anything like this that always comes. Like half the time, we're not even prepared for hurricanes. Like it, it, it's crazy. Um, that, you know, this stuff happens and we're never prepared for it. Like, we know hurricane season starts June 1st and it goes until the end of the year. So, you should be preparing in March, in April, in May, buying stuff that, you, that you're going to potentially need, like batteries, water bottles, I mean, bottled water, jugs of water, um, whether it's spring water or distilled water, because if, if you have a generator, you need equipment, you know, I mean, you have equipment for the, for like say a coffee pot you need to clean out or whatever that the still water does it. You know, it's it's so much we could be doing. Um, I know now for a fact that I'm already preparing for hurricane season. Um, cause chances are we're in Texas, and God has a, a great sense of humor. He'll be like, huh, I thought y'all was done this year, huh, Texas? Hold my beer. <laughs> Hold, hold my wine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm glad it's over with. And even shoot, just yesterday, like I left work, uh, right, like right after eight o'clock, and it was 75 degrees. So I'm in the car, you know, I got my AC going, not not too low, where I'm cold, but just right. And I get to, um, and when I get home. The temperature dropped like 20 degrees and I felt it. I was just like, what just happened? <laughs> so I'm like, look, March, you, you, you just got here. You just got here. I need you to act right. We, we don't need that bipolarness that's going on. Uh. So, yeah. All right. So let's talk about the NBA. And we're going to be all over the place today. So just bear with us. Um... The Lakers are without AD. Of course, most of you already know if you're a follower of basketball or just the news in general because it get talked about. Um, how are the Lakers going to survive without AD? I think they'll do just fine, um, especially when they get Dennis Schroeder back. And he just came back, so they won two games after losing four straight. But I think they'll be okay. I mean, they're not going to fall by the wayside. And then for LeBron... He's not really worried about the season because his his career is based on him in the playoffs. 
And, of course, you all know when he's in the playoffs, chances are you have a, a good shot to get into the finals. What's your thoughts? I have to coincide and agree with you on that one. Um, the Lakers are a well-oiled machine when it comes to having to be uh, in the playoffs or crunch time. And with LeBron being at the helm, you know, AD, he hurt, he out. But LeBron has a, a effect to get his teammates to take it up a notch. He has that, uh, he has that um, con- yeah. contagious leadership where it could – they catch it, and then they want it to be able to take control. So, you know, AD's presence is going to be missed just a smidgen, you know, because cause he's that big he's that big main go-to guy. But they'll make up for it with guys who have the phenomenal speed, the phenomenal basketball IQ, and being able to change plays on the drop of a dime and being able to help LeBron score what he needs to score, and he's going to help them score what they need to score. So. Yeah, the only thing that'll be missing with AD is definitely on the defensive end. Um, LeBron can definitely control the tempo on the offensive end. So, again, I think they'll be just fine. Like Boyd Smith, they'll be doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Now, when he comes back, then, yeah, it's going to be a problem. So, the Nets are looking like a championship team, even without KD. I'm going to let you talk about this first and let you have it. You can say that. Um, me personally, I got I got to look at another fifteen games because I see the chemistry being made. But the one that sticks out to me is is Harden going to be the Houston Rockets Harden, where he consistent four five games and then he inconsistent six seven games, or is he? You know, I have to see if his consistency can continue to get me to be a full believer. Kyrie to me is a consistent person because you know he's gonna go to the hole, take his shots. You know, you know how he's like on defense. You you pretty much know all the other pieces of the puzzle. But the guy who takes some of the most important shots to me for the team right now, who is James Harden, is he gonna be this consistent? Is he gonna stay this consistent? You know, if he stays that consistent, then yeah, there'll be a threat. But if he's like he was in Houston. He set up there and went 14 for 37, and the next game, two for 13, and then the next game, I mean, he'll he'll get hot, and then he'll get ice cold for a while. He'll get he'll stay cold longer than he would hot. So that's the only factor with the Nets right now that if he can stay consistent, oh, yeah. That, that's all day. That's bread and butter. Yeah, I'm – I, I, I somewhat agree with you with about Harden, but I'm, I'm not going to base James Harden what he does during the season because we, we know what he can do during the season. For me, it's going to be based on what he does in the playoffs. And we know that his playoff record says a whole lot about, you know, what he's done. You know, even in Houston, I'm even for a little stint in OKC, you know, I mean, we, we saw what he can do, but it's more of like, and for me, watching in, watching Brooklyn, it's it's more of a, who who can you stop? Because you got rid of Jared Allen, who's a, a, a rim protector, and DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan, who's getting older, is not who he, who he was when he was with the Clippers. 
I mean, he's a body, but he, he's not that intimidating. I'm pretty sure if I had Zion Williamson size, I would go straight at DeAndre Jordan. That's just my opinion. Um, but with Kyrie is for for me with Kyrie Irving, and it's not that I'm judging him but being critical of him. It's uh, are are you gonna take a break off and be like, you know, I don't feel like playing, or you know, what's the case? You know that that's the whole thing. But I, I think the Nets are a legitimate championship team with with the pieces that they have, and it don't help that they have Harden, Kyrie, and KD, who's who's hurt right now, and he won't be back till after All Star break. But it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I believe they will get to the finals. Um, let's just hope Harden shows up and Kyrie don't decide he want to take a break. That's my take on that. Um, LeBron James dismisses the narrative that he needs rest because of AD being out or, you know, he's healthy, he's playing. LeBron has been a consistent, healthy person that I've seen since, I don't know, I don't want to say his name because people are going to be like, see, see, uh, since Jordan, um, you know, healthy, competitive, being able to do stuff. Um, so I don't think he needs rest. Um, I mean, he's an NBA player. He he spends a million dollars a year on his body for, for such a time as this. You know, I mean, if he's playing, let him play. And I, I'm agree with you on that. And I don't like what folk make the argument of LeBron and Jordan and all that because I feel like when they say greatest of all time, I can't really just say one particular player because there there are greats out there before Jordan who shaped and changed the game before Jordan came. Then Jordan shaped the change for his era. Then Kobe came and shaped the game for his era. Now LeBron is shaping and changing the game for his era. So you can make comparisons with them, but to just make it seem like a big great debate between LeBron and Jordan – Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan, and LeBron James is LeBron James, first of all. Secondly, like you said, if the man want to play, let him play. That gives his team more drive to want to, to to score, to get more W's on the board, and it, 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 it'll give them a, a, a simpler chemistry when coming into the playoffs because I'm a firm believer in team chemistry. If everybody getting along and all the cylinders are popping – no matter, you can be the lowest team on the totem pole, but if all y'all got that chemistry, you can win the, win some of the most dangerous and best games of your life. Yeah, um, and now, I'll be honest, LeBron does take plays off when he's playing because it's during the season, but he, he, he's not measured by what he does during the season because, to be honest, he should have multiple, he should have more than four MVP trophies during the season because we see what his value is when he's on your team you have a 75, maybe 80% chance of getting to the finals. Um, when he's not on your team, you're a lottery pick. If I'm lying, ask Cleveland. Um, so, you know, playoff LeBron, season LeBron, two different people. Draymond got ejected last week, and I'm, and we're kind of talking about stuff from that we, were, that we were supposed to talk about last week, but, you know, um, end up having another leak in the house that needed to get taken care of. So just bear with us, y'all. Um, Draymond, Draymond, Draymond got ejected, and he really acted out of character. 
um, getting into it with the referee. Like, I mean, but at the same time, I'm like, with Draymond Green, that, that is who he is. He's that that spark plug that you need on the team. Like, his passion he brings to the table. And, you know, he, he's he's that rough rider. He's that, that, that pit bull you need on the team. But, I mean, it, it has to be a controlled emotion, if that makes sense. Um, also, Boogie Cousins got released by the Rockets. Where will he sign? And what is going on with the Rockets? First, we're going to talk about Draymond Green getting released. I mean, not Draymond, I'm sorry. Boogie Cousins getting released and wondering where he's going to go. Then we're going to get back on these Rockets. So, I'm going to let you go first. Um... If you compete for a specific job and you feel just by name alone is going to get you in there, you're setting yourself up for failure. The Marcus Boogie Cousins, the Marcus Cousins, I fought, I'm a Sacramento Kings fan. Don't ask me why. That's my that's my prerogative. Don't worry, we not. <laughs> but he was a threat when he was in Sacramento. They could have built around him and made something, made something good. But – Along the way, I noticed he does have a tend to, tend to have an ego, and when he was with when he was with the Warriors, he got him a championship. He felt like, well, you know, I was a team player. Now it's my time to shine. If you went to the Rockets and you feel like you just gonna just get all these these minutes by just by your name alone, that's a problem because the guy who's underneath you is getting more playing time because he's showing more initiative. I'm just gonna go lie. If you being sluggish on the court, and well, my spot secure. No, you gotta you gotta uh, play to play like everybody else. If you out there playing your hardest, you wouldn't want to be the man in the trade and getting released. But because you let the uh, you let the guy underneath you come through and take all your playing time because you felt some type of way, you brought that on yourself. Yeah. Um. With with, with I don't know why I keep wanting to say Draymond, uh, Demarcus Cousins. His issue in Sacramento was that there was no veteran leadership uh, there, and when when he got to Golden State, he learned that like having having a veteran's presence will help, because even when he went to the Pelicans for the, that one year, a year and a half, he was there. there. There was no real veteran leadership there. Yeah, there was Alvin Gentry and Monty Williams there, but there was like no player veteran leadership. So you know that that kind of deters. You know, some players like like that. Like, I mean, he's a I, – I still think he's a, he's a good player. I think with his injuries that keep happening, you know, he hasn't really had a chance to get his body back right or to be healthy enough to where he can be the threat that he was in, in uh, Sacramento when he was averaging 25 and 12. So we, we're just going to wait and see. And, you know – I, I believe he'll sign with the Lakers if, if that's the best fit for him. And I will correct you on this. He he, he does not have a ring with Golden State. They, they lost to Toronto. Uh, Thanks for that correction. I thought he did. My bad. No, you're right. That, that's, that's why we're here, brother. Uh, so, the All-Star teams have been announced. The starters and the bench have been announced. And who do you think got snubbed? I'm going to say Devin Booker right off the bat. And DeMontis Sabonis are the, are the two I definitely think they got snubbed. 
I like how you just took those exact two people out of my mouth because I don't. I'm not, I've only been watching basketball at a fifty percent capacity. Oh, I'm sorry. Look, you, you can have go ahead and say them two. I'll say somebody else. Go ahead. Because <laughs> uh, I've been watching basketball, you know, not a lot because of the effects of COVID and stuff. I've been into other things, but I've been seeing Devin Booker act the fool. I've been seeing Sabonis act the fool. They they put they putting in the work. They they put in the leadership, and I, I got a feeling that if you continue to build around them, they're gonna have a couple of rings on their fingers, and that's just that's just me. Just let the teams continue to build around them and get them something fortified and something that they can really work with is is because Devin Devin Booker's play is phenomenal. The boy the boy is phenomenal, and for him to get snubbed like that, it was like major disappointment. Like America, I'm disappointed in you. I'm really in. Well, it, it's I think it's the coaches that uh, pick who goes um, who goes in. Also, I think Trey Young and and I think it was based on like a wild wow factor, like who's gonna bring pizzazz to the game, who's gonna be box office. Um, but ain't gonna be no box office because they all in Ronaldville. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what I mean by box office is like you want to see the flashiness, you want to see this, you want to see that. Devin Booker doesn't bring that. Demontis uh, Sabonis doesn't bring that, you know, like like a Dame Dollar, Steph Curry, like. But Trey Young brings it. Like honestly, I I even thought Dame Lillard should have started over uh, Luka Doncic uh, as a starter, but he's he's on the roster. So, but I was just looking. I was like, man, these players got snubbed um, horribly. But I mean, hey, it's the you know the these are who the coaches pick, so. All right, the the Utah Jazz are the hottest team <laughs> right now. But my question is, will it last? No. <laughs> well, that, that answers that. I agree. It's not going to last. Like, like for, for most teams, like, if you're going to get hot, get hot toward the end of the season going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're getting hot at the beginning of the season, okay, you're going to fall off. Not saying that you have to slump, but you're going to fall off at some point. All right. Chili from TLC believes that black women, black women should date outside their race. I'm going to let you go first before I go in. Mm. I'm I'm glad you gave me that privilege because this is ridiculous. Number one. I am becoming extremely tired of the negative trope around black men. Okay. If you stati- if you read statistics, the statistics of a deadbeat black man are actually 18% in this country, but it's, gl- it's glor- glorified and glamorified to where almost all black men are like that. That is not true. That is beside the point. And I am, I don't care who you date. But don't sit up there and push the idea that you can't date within your own people. You just haven't found the place to date within your own people. You may have standards that may remove those who could potentially be a mate for you. You know, now, Chile, you can date whoever you want to date. Be white, black, Hispanic, whatever. But don't sit up there and push other women to urge other women to date outside the race. Because of what you're doing. What, what you're doing, just stay in your lane. Just stay at what you're doing. 
But to sit up there and say they need to date outside of their race, it still shows the negative stigma on the black man. We already have it as rough as it is now because our negative counterparts are being glorified. And you don't see the strong father male fees. You don't see the ones giving their time and charity to everybody. Those are the black men that's constantly getting ignored. You don't see the black men out there who ain't doing what the songs are producing out there, but they producing their own product, their own way of things, their own handling of things. So we have to stop with the, the stereotyping and creating these negative tropes with black men. You know, I mean, it's the trope has been here for a while because the black man, I feel, is is just as powerful as the black woman, the black unit, period. Just being black is powerful. And whenever you're as powerful as you are, you're always going to have somebody, either within our own kind or outside our own kind, that's going to try to tear us apart because either they hate themselves or they hate something about who they are with. Yeah. So, I agree. Um, there's this narrative that, you know, that that's always been around for the longest. Um, who Chili chooses to date, that's definitely her preference. Uh, but don't sit up and encourage something that because you've had issues in the past because maybe you was attracting a certain type of guy. But, you know, if you, if you like, my, here's my thing to that. If you're attracting certain type of guys, then it's, it's not just, it's, it's not on them, it's on you. Maybe you need to change your approach on, on what guys you choose because a lot of women think that you know, they go for the man with the money. He's gonna be he's gonna be a good husband, good father, act like that because he's he's finan he's gonna provide financially and be secure in that area. But he can be a horrible person. I've seen it. I've seen it. I remember there was a baseball player who I won't give his name, but he he lives in Houston and he makes stupid money. Right? And his his wife has said, not, not that I know her personally, but through a source, has said that I will I will give this whole house away for two dollars. That that says a whole lot, because you're worried about the the money that's coming in, but at the same time, it's like, you know, maybe some about you that keep attracting the wrong guy. Cat Williams has even said, it ain't them. It's you that keep attracting these no good brothers. But you, you, you see you see some in them that you like, or you see their potential, or you see something that you're like, oh, that looks not oh, he looks nice. Oh, he got money, he got this and that, and yet he's horrible. But, you know, that's for another conversation that for me, as a black man, I love black women. I will always love black women. I'm married to a black woman. Steve is married to a black woman. Hallelujah. Won't he, Willie? <laughs> um, so, like, this this whole thing that black women should date outside their race, you know, say 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 that for uh, for T-Boz. Had a conversation with her. But don't sit up and tell other black women who who see the struggle that black men go through, who, who want to lighten the burden that they go through, or who want to potentially go through the same struggle because we're all in this together. So, children, you dead outside your race, you're still going to be viewed as a black woman or or any other colorful name that they, they call black women. 
But hey, I'm with a different 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 color guy, so I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z. All right, keep you know keep that same energy. You know, I'm here's no. That's what I was gonna say. Keep that same energy when that, that when another racial man put his hands on you, or or he tell you you can't do something, or you know he you know it's like you know what I mean. Like keep that same energy. That's all. I, that's all I gotta say on that. All right, NFL. Let's get into it. Cowboys still haven't signed that. That's no surprise there. That's no surprise there. And then we've got to talk about the Rockets, but we'll come back to it. We're going to get a chance to come back to it. Um, Cowboys have yet to sign Dak. My thing is, just pay the man. I mean, just pay him. If he, if he if he's the quarterback that you want, pay him his guaranteed money. Find a way to pay it to him. You're right. And <clears> – <throat> Dak has phenomenal play that can attract the right people to want to play, and you can save on a dime. Just like, I mean, prime example, my Buccaneers. Tom Brady comes over there. Grunt comes out of retirement. He takes a small pay cut. Then A.B. comes over there. He takes a small pay cut. Then Leonard Fournette comes over there. He takes a small pay cut. So, and I believe Dak has the same type of physique now. I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I know talent when I see it. And Dak is a very talented man. Now, if you surround him with the weapons that he needs, where he doesn't have to utilize his legs as much, because he's a smart guy. Dakota's a smart guy. If you surround him with the weapons he needs and the protection he can get. Did you just call him by his government? Yeah. Yeah. What? I I follow the guy. Follow the guy. No comment. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I follow the guy. My bad. Okay, but if you surround the man with what he needs, he can get you championships. Because as when I look at the Cowboys' schedule and I see who they play or whatever, I get in fear because it's not really I don't like the Cowboys. It's their fan base. Their fan base is nuts. And to anybody Cowboys fans listening out here, ah, that's my hill I down. Y'all are nuts. Anyway, but. The guy has the talent. He had a freak injury. This was not expected. It happened. He hurt, but he's going to recover. He's going to think smarter. And also, this gives the Cowboys a clue of what they need on that front line. That's all he needed, some protection. Get the boy some protection to pay the man. Simple as that, man. No, it wasn't even that. It wasn't even the protection part. It's the defense did not play the greatest. Like, there was no pressure. Only so much that Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch can do. And linebacker, because Sean Lee ain't going to do nothing. He's he's uh, one, one, one or two steps away from uh, tearing his ACL just from walking down the street. Um, the secondary was not the best. Um, a woozy ain't played good, but you let go of um, Byron Jones, who... That would have been a good tandem and put um, Anthony Brown at the, as a slot corner. Okay, you, you're doing something there. But you let Byron Jones go. He went down to Miami. And Xavier Woods acted a fool because he was like, shoot, can't throw the Byron Jones side. I'm going to just throw it to Xavier, uh, Xavier Howard's side. Not Xavier Woods. Xavier Howard's side. So it was more of the Cowboys defense. And I'm a Cowboy fan, so I'm, I'm going to, you know, just like, hey, I'm going to root for them. I'm going to talk bad about them when they're messing up. And so, you know, that's 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 their issue. Um the Texans organization, 
does not want to listen to a trade office for Watson. And I'm like, why? Because if something sounds intriguing, it's going to pique your interest, i.e. the Panthers are willing to trade McCaffrey for Watson on top of getting two and three first-round picks because that's what that's what the Texans need. Clearly, they don't have no first-round pick for this year's draft, and I think next year's draft as well. Like, stop being dumb and just listen. L- listen to the offers because clearly the Texans are not going to do anything in the next couple of years, and Watson still wants out. You're right about that, sir. Um, now, the dangerous thing about about that whole situation is you, you, um, the players that are coming into the Texas organization, if they do trade uh, Watson, you know, whoever whoever decides to play for the Texans is going to be like the Browns of old because you know you're just coming there to get a paycheck. You This – public spectacle of what the Houston, Texas organization is doing is downright deplorable and demeaning. And I say that because you pretty much still saying to your player, shut up and play. Even when your own owner, before he died, I would say rest in peace, but no, not really. Before he died, he says, you can't have the inmates running the prison. Like, if the conditions of your team can't help you produce playoff production and championship numbers. Why do we even have a team anyway? Yep. You can't have Django and his brothers running Big Daddy's house. Exactly. And it's it, it's going to become a problem because anybody who says, Houston, Texas drafted, blah, blah, blah. You know, most players are getting in there they go, like, yeah. They're going to be like, oh, no. I'm going with this old backwaters, backwash organization because they don't know no better. Yeah, I mean, and then just, like, think about who the Texans have passed up on and who are who are killing it in the league. Aaron Rodgers. You, you've heard of him, Aaron Rodgers. He's a bad man. What do you want to be? Uh, Patrick Willis. You've heard of him. He passed, got passed up on. Um, let's see. Oh, Khalil Mack. Yep, he got passed up on. Um, Marcus Peters. You got Kevin Johnson from Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah, how does that work out? Kevin Johnson, not even in Texas. I don't even think he's in the NFL. If he is, he's probably, I don't know. I have to look it up. <laughs> but uh, let's see, who else have they passed up on? And it's like the people they drafted. And... Like think think about think about these people they drafted. They drafted Tank Johnson. Where is he now? Let, let's see. Where is he now? Um Amobi Okoye. Where is he now? Um Derek Carr, which is not his fault because he he didn't have a line of block for him. <laughs> so, um let's see who else. Mm, the Davian Clowney. Yeah, we, we still, we still, shoot. The Texans, you should be getting your money back from him. Him wasting his time here. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I'm just naming people. Because you passed up on some, some people because you wanted to try to maintain an image. And I'm like, yeah, y'all got to do better. Anyway, let's talk about Carson Wentz going to the Colts. And Pittman, 
who wears Lonely Eleven now, said like, nah, bro, I'm not giving up my number because you want to wear it. Don't care if you are the quarterback. Find another number. Your thoughts? Well, Wentz got what he wanted. Okay, he did not want to go to Chicago. He didn't want to go to Chicago at all. He got what he wanted. He's with a team that's currently being built and and being in a pretty good stance. Um, he's replacing the retired now retired Philip Rivers, and he's still going to have pretty much the same core Rivers worked with. Now can Wentz get back into his stride again? He probably could. It's a new team, new area. You know, probably open his senses up. The Pittman not giving up his jersey, you know, I don't think that's going to really cause any on-field on beef. Some some players give up their jerseys, some don't, you know. Uh, but because he's going to be in the AFC South, which is the Texans, them, the Titans, and Jacksonville. Um, their only competition is going to be the Titans. So I can automatically tell you off rip, <laughs> Even with a semi-healthy winch, they could probably pull off six wins off the rip, automatic. Uh, so, it might be a breath of fresh air for him, and he probably can make the moves he wanted to make and make the plays he wanted to make. And he can make India a competitor. That's just me. Yeah. Um. I mean, the reason why it's a good fit, I'm not going to say if it's a good fit or not, but – We'll see because he got he got some uh some running backs there, in Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines, you know some good running backs. Um, they got T. Y. Hilton. Um, I'm honestly not really not sold on the the outside like the receivers and tight end. But you know if you got a good running game, you can make it happen. And that and that you know they play that 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 Tampa two defense so. Good luck trying to throw in them zones, especially if they get up 14 or 17 points. Good luck with that because they're going to keep everything in front of them. Mm-hmm. So, J.J. Watt is no longer with the Texans. Of course, we know this. But he signed with Arizona. My question is why. I need some explanation as to why he signed. I have an idea, but I'm like, why would he sign with Arizona. Like, and before I let you go, Steve, I got to say this. Every time I hear Arizona, I think about the episode of Martin where he's <laughs> one of his son come on there. And he's like, I'm sorry I lied to you, Martin. I just don't want to go to Arizona. <laughs> I'm sorry I lied to you, Martin. I just don't want to go to Arizona. Like, that, that, that's, all, that's all I think about every time I see Arizona. Um, so, Steve, why do you think J.J. White went to Arizona? I mean, first, I personally believe that he wanted to be reunited with one of his teammates. Um, if you look back at it, when they let go of D-Hop, J.J. Watt was very vocal of, like, why did we have to let him go? You know, him and Watt were real cool. And to me personally, I think he wanted to be over there with his homeboy because there are other teams that could have paid that 23 mil guarantee for him. But he wanted to be – he wanted to get to a space where he was comfortable with his boy. And they, they are, their whole team to me is young. So there, there, there's some chemistry there that 
reminds him of what the Texas defense used to be, young and hungry. So I think that failing that falls all falls into place to why he picked Arizona. And I think he's gonna do a good job there. Will he be spectacular? Meh. I gotta see what the first three games of the season for him gonna be like. But the way that chemistry is around that team, they can make a decent playoff run. Yeah, I I, I can somewhat agree with that. And him him going to Arizona, I mean, I, if he went for the money because of the cap space, then okay, yeah, that's fine. Uh, their defense is, I want to say, it's top ten or at least definitely top twelve, thirteen. Uh, from from what I've seen, um, and Isaiah Simmons from LSU, go Tigers. He's going to have another year under his belt. So he's he's going to be forming a Buda Baker. That's how Patrick Peterson signed back up. Uh, J.J. White and Chandler Jones is going to be a force. And to be honest, if I'm Russell Wilson, I need to get out of the NFC West. <laughs> like, off the rip. Because six games, six games out of, out of the whole 16-week schedule, you got to see J.J. White and Chandler Jones twice. You got to see Aaron Donald. And Jalen Ramsey twice. And you got to see Nick Bosa, <laughs> Eric Armstead, and all those other guys in San Francisco. If, if and this is a hypothetical, let's say Russell Wilson does stay in Seattle, right? And, and, and this is just speculation right now. Um, we're going to get to Russell Wilson's situation later. Um, let's just say he, he stays in Seattle, right? What are the chances that he goes six and zero and run the gauntlet? That is the NFC West. Let's just say, what are the chances of him going six and zero? My opinion, less than one percent. <laughs> yeah, less than one percent. I, I I feel it. Um, if if Pete Carroll has any sense. I mean, I won't go to the stream and say Russell Wilson needs to leave the NFC West, but if Pete Carroll got some sense doing this draft, get get you some get you some big boys, <laughs> get you some big men. Because when you said San Francisco, I'm like, who got who in San Francisco? They got about six or seven people starting as all stars over there on that defense. And they got Richard Sherman. Yeah, so yeah, um, that, that whole front seven. That whole yeah, that. yeah, that whole front seven is gonna give give Seattle hell. Um, what's gonna mess the Rams over? I gotta see how Matthew Stafford is gonna play. They offense if they play if they play their offense but their defense and get some rest. Poor Russell Wilson. Um, Arizona. If Kyler Murray. <laughs> Plays the plays I think you need to play and get that defense rest. I'm sorry, Russell Wilson. So PK, just just do the smart thing. You know, get get build build you some chunky monkeys around your boy so he can be able to throw that ball or at least get two or three yards. Cause I, I love the fact he loves Sierra, but he gonna love that turf after a while. Cause they gonna that's all they gonna do is be eating dirt all day. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Crazy, like I'm just sitting there, like, and and what's crazy is that Russell Wilson is not going up against Matthew Stafford or or Kyler Murray or 
who's the quarterback in San Francisco? Uh, Jimmy G. Like he's not going up against them. He's going up against the defense. Mm-hmm. So he he not gonna get a break. Like I hope the schedule is beneficial enough to where he don't have to play any of them back to back to back. Because hmm. that is what you call a murderer's row. So we just gotta wait and see. So, um, Coach Tomlin was tested positive for COVID. Um, he'll be fine, hopefully. You know, not not saying he'll be fine. Like I'm not concerned about anybody that gets the you know gets COVID. I I hope they come out alive because there are plenty of people who didn't make it. Um, but since we're on the talk for Russell Wilson, why is Russell Wilson actually? But before I get to that, so Russell Wilson um, has not asked to be traded, but he has said he would only waive his no-trade clause for four teams. Four teams. Um, These teams are the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Saints, and... The Bears. Now, out of all now out of all those four teams, who do you think would be the the better fit for him? Jesus Christ! He picked four solid teams that, with the right quarterback leadership, they can go places. Um, <laughs> I can't pick one team because each team he picked. I'm, I'm going to have to exclude the Cowboys because their defense has gaps that they got to fill. But the other three teams, the Raiders, the Saints, and the Bears, they have that Legion of Boom defense that he was used to in Seattle if he were to go. So that would get, that gives him time to rest and being able to pick apart the defense that he's playing against. Now, I wouldn't want him to go to the Bears because he would have to face Aaron Rodgers in that defense, and they're they, they going to light him up. So, if it came down to it, it'd probably be the Saints or um, the Raiders. But I don't think uh, I, I don't think the Raiders would would be a good fit for him because the Raiders have shown that they're Gruden grinders. So Gruden doesn't do the deep ball; he he runs. So what's the point of getting the quarterback? A scrambling quarterback when almost eighty percent of your plays is either short or short plays or run or pa- uh, short passes or halfback draws or halfback counters. Yeah, um, for me, this wasn't a really a hard choice to make. I would only say the Saints because shoot, he 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 he'd be in the Islands, get all them beignets and that etouffee and the jambalaya. <laughs> <laughs> Sierra may put on a little weight, you know, if he go to New Orleans. I think New Orleans would be the would be the best fit, only because he got weapons in Evan Kamara, Michael Thomas, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, and that that defense is top ten. Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis, um, like they they got weapons over there. Malcolm Jenkins, like they they got the weapons that they need over there. To to be successful, so I think this. And, and as a Cowboy fan, you know what you can say the Cowboys. Well, Cowboys got holes in the defense. They 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 got more holes than Swiss cheese. Um. So 
I would say the Saints. And there's no knock on the Bears or the Raiders. The Raiders are still trying to, you know, get their stuff together. And they got rid of Tyrell Williams, who's a, definitely a, a deep threat. So, I mean, unless they do better in the draft, which I think they got, they do got Henry Ruggs. Or is it? Yeah, Henry Ruggs the third. But that ain't going to be enough. So, we'll see. All right, back to Russell Wilson now. Why is Russell Wilson and Michael B. Jordan being called the simp? Now, for the people who don't know what a simp is, a simp is a guy who's trying to basically trick his money or whatever or flaunt his money on a woman that, on a woman in which, in this case, this woman doesn't even want him. He just, she's just doing it because she, she's getting some out of it. She, he, he paying for food for me. He paying for something for me to eat. He buying me clothes, this and that. But in the, the day, I don't want him. That, that's, that's, that's what a simp is. A, a guy who's doing the most with a woman who, and this woman don't even want you. Now, here's, here's why this is stemmed from because Russell Wilson made a comment about how he's afraid of losing his wife. Which is beautiful, by the way. Um, and to be honest, unless you're married, you'll never be able to understand, you know, what it's like to have that feeling of losing your wife. Uh, unless you just think your wife is crazy and she needs to seek help or guidance or something like that. Or, you know, you know, she's doing something she ain't got no business doing. That's, that's another thing. But if you genuinely, truly love your wife and she's doing all that you have asked for, prayed for, doing everything to that's beneficial to your household, yeah, you'd be afraid to lose her. I'm afraid to lose my wife. And my wife, then I don't make the money Russell Wilson makes and my wife doesn't make the money that Sierra makes, but she, she my wife, makes, makes our house a home. So for... Uh future and Bow Wow to come out and say and I believe it was Bow Wow that said he's a simp I'm like well you were with Sierra and come to find out you wasn't ready to settle down with her and now she with somebody else and she's happy with somebody else you all in your feelings you'll be alright and Michael B is being called a simp because he's spending his money that he earned on Lori Harvey. I think she's Steve Harvey's stepdaughter or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, that is his decision. Or you worried about a woman's body count, which I, I'll talk about that another week. Why? And it's called the double standard as to men can have a large body count and he's considered a player. But if a woman has a large body count, she's a thigh. But that's her choice. Just because she didn't choose to sleep with you or you worry about her body count, like, yeah, you, you missed me with that. This is male fragility at its best. These so-called men out here are fragile. These are fragile little boys. Because here's the main question. What does that have to do with you? <laughs> what does Russell Wilson saying he misses his wife have to do with you? Is it going to affect your money? Nope. Is it going to affect your household? Nope. Is it going to affect your kids? Nope. It leaves a positive standard of black men who love their black women. 
But what is it going to do to you? Is it going to bring any harm to you? No. So shut up. Like, and it, it bothers me because it comes from these negative people who have nothing to do with their life but being everybody else's business because they can't create business of their own. I'm very happy that that man said he has a fear for losing his life, wife. I'm very happy that Michael B. Jordan is, do, is pulling out all stops for Laura, Lori Harvey. I'm happy. Like, hey, black men are being shown in a positive light. We don't have 12, 13 baby mamas. We're not putting million-dollar chips in our forehead. We're not, we not getting trumped up on drug charges. We're not hitting up other rappers trying to get the feds on them. Like, it's other businesses out there that's negatively affecting us, and you want to sit up there and find the one good thing about black people and, and tarnish that? Man, sit down somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for the hot pitch. <laughs> you know, every now and then we need a little flair. Man, that bothers me. It really do. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, shoot. You basically said everything I said. Just, just shorten it up. Like, what does it have to do with you? Mind your business. So, just mind your business. Exactly. So, shout out to Naomi Osaka winning her fourth Australian Open, and. Although she won, you know, she's she's awesome. It, it's her time to shine. Um, would have thought Sloane Stevens would catch up and be in a competitive nature, but she's chasing Josie Altador. So that's another conversation. And then Coco Golf is on the come up. Sloane Stevens is going to end up retiring pretty soon. But what 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 got me the most was Serena Williams lost in the semis against Naomi Osaka. That it was like it was her curtain call, like her emotion, like and like I said, if you are a like even if you played sports, like you, you know that feeling when it's time for a curtain call, uh, when it's time to just give it up. Um, for, for me, when I played semi-pro, I didn't need a curtain call. Um, I just walked away because I was like, now nah, I'm gonna do something with you know with the family, or because I was getting ready to become a family man. You know, wife, children. Well, I had a child, but children, children were on the way, and so it was just it was just easy for me to walk away because I honestly didn't have anything to prove when I started playing, and even even up until now, it was like the, the, you know there are times where I'd be like, man, I want to come in. I kind of kind of want to go out there and play. Then I watch somebody get you know get a kill shot put on them. I'm like, you know what? That's why I left the game, but. With basketball, um, kind of felt the same way too. It was like I didn't need a curtain call. Um, I don't play competitively anymore, but I'll play pickup games. Uh, so you know, kind of keep myself somewhat in shape. Even now, I play in a softball league, and it's fun. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be the best player out there. I'm just trying to have fun with, with other people who enjoy playing softball, who enjoy just getting out the house and being active. Um. So, Serena Williams, you know, getting emotion and things like that. That it kind of, it kind of, kind of did something. I almost started crying too with her, um, because it's it's the sports guy in me. Uh, which, which what are your thoughts? You so sensitive, crying. I'm just playing. So, uh, almost, <laughs> almost doesn't count. But the horseshoes and hand grenades. Gotcha. Uh, 
when it's time for you to bow out, it's a painful reality. Um, Serena has been deemed the goat of athleticism, and I truly believe that because tennis is a very athletic sport. You have to have sharp eye, quick reflexes. Your athletic ability has to be pretty high, like very high. And, you know, sometimes it's that time to take that old horse and drive off into the sunset. It's a painful sight. You know, we've seen her and her sister battle it out for years, and then her sister retires, and now she was battling out, trying to see if she can eke some more out. And this young whippersnapper come in and win her fourth Australian Open, and it's like, Serena, job well done, my child. Here's your luggage. Go yeah. ahead and ride into the sunset, Mama. Yeah. I mean, she's had a great career. She's probably arguably one of the greatest athletes to ever do it. The greatest, one of the greatest, especially in her sport. She's definitely the greatest in her sport, male or female. So, um, baseball news, uh, man, Fernando Tatis Jr. Boy, what it would be to play baseball. I should have I played baseball in high school. I should have played more and stuck with it. He just signed a 14-year deal, $340 million. 14 years? It, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure he can opt out like after five or six and probably restructure it. $340 million. Yeah. That's over a quarter of a billion. What the? Ooh, what an, ooh. Mm. Hold on. Hey. I got to edit myself. Hold on. A quarter of a billion dollars, bro? Yeah. How... What what do you do with that much money? Spend it. Oh, what? what? By the first hundred mil you have? Hold on. Let, let me help you. Let, 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 me, let me help you. I, I got it. This is how you spend it, right? So get a house. Get a house for you to live in, right? Nice house. Um, get the car or cars that you want to keep in your house. You know, it doesn't have to be the most expensive ones. Because that's what people like to do. They like to buy the most expensive cars, right? So if his parents are still alive, you know, get them a brand new house. You know, look out for your, if you have younger siblings, look out for them. Put a college fund away for them. You know, it's stuff you can do. Or you can dive into businesses. But for people who are trying to do businesses, let's see this. Let's, let's, let's see your business plan. Because I'm not going to just give you money so you can just pocket it. And say you say you're trying to come up in the world, because because that that's actually what LeBron does. You, you give him a business plan on how it's going to work, what are the ins and outs, what happens if this happens and stuff like that. He'll support it, but if not, go on by the wayside. So that's what you do with three hundred forty million dollars. But that is, oh. and, and then and then to be honest, most of these baseball players they get paid their money after they after they've gone. So, so even let's say let's say he retires after this 14 year, right? That's the same year Bobby Bonilla still uh, stopped getting paid by the Mets. Let that sink in. That was a cold move by Bobby Bonilla, though. He get he get a check once a year for the rest of his life, like, right? <laughs> and it's and it's I think it's like two million dollars a year. 
and and we ain't talking about they div- divide it up in the payments. They give you a cool two million two million here, sir. <laughs> and it's it's crazy. Like it's it's crazy. And so I mean, but like most most players are doing that now. Like I think um, Alex Rodriguez is getting paid something like that. Um, Manny Ramirez is getting paid some of that. Like players are opting to play. Like pay me. While I'm gone, like they have it in their contract, so it's called the Bobby Bonilla rule. Look it up. I'm, I am. I, I'm. I'm 37. I'm trying to lose about 40 pounds. See if I can get a last seven seven year deal somewhere. Just catching. Just, just catch, I just want to be a catcher. Just squat and catch the ball. That's all I want. But you got to hit the ball too. I don't know about all Cause, that. Because because if, if you can't hit the ball, they're not gonna put you in the field. This <laughs> I mean, is like the. The uh, bottom of the ninth or the top of the ninth, where all you got to do is catch and you don't have to bat. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. So, um, also, um, and spring training has officially started. Um, not really concerned about what's happening in spring training because it's spring training. Everybody's still trying to get stretched out and get ready. Uh, so, yeah. The Dodgers are the front runner as repeat champions. You know? We know this. And we just got Trevor Bauer, too. And and we just signed Mookie Best to a long-term deal. You know? See, y'all cheating. Hey, when there's no salary cap, you know, look, at least we're not like the Yankees. At least, at least, at least we're actually winning. At least getting to the World Series. What's their excuse? Because they, they keep paying people. And they have nothing to show for it. Again... Y'all roster, y'all cheating. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about cheating? Nah, nah, I'm good. You sure you, you want to talk about cheating? I'm good. What, what, where's the trash can at? I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just being messy. But I do see that the Dodgers still kept most of their people. They expanded their squad. And, they, I mean, they had a good, hearty squad last year, good, hearty. I'm surprised it went seven games last season. I I expected a sweep. I lost money on that because I was I put money on your team to win in four, and when it went seven, I was like, "What in all get out is going on here?" Yeah, well, no one told you. You should have just said that they're going to win it, not they're going to win in how many games. Dude, the the energy y'all had throughout the throughout the playoffs, y'all was knocking people. They barely won one or two games when they played you in eight set. So I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be a walk-off full sweep, and that's it. I can go home and mind my bed. But now, nah, y'all had to sit up there, four to one, four zero, two. Let these, and I'm like, okay, well, they're going to sweep these people. Nah, nah, nah. Make it interesting for you. Yeah. So that's, that's the reason why I'm really upset, because I lost money. No. You'll be fine. Yeah, I'm going to get back at it, though. You'll be fine. You'll be just fine. So, also, the Mariners CEO and President um, Mather resigns after his comments last month. Uh, what he basically said was um, he wants to keep foreign players who, who, who speak broken English, not good English, in the minor leagues. Because if he's bring, bring them up or sign them up or call them up, he, he would have to pay for a translator. And he didn't want to pay that. You know, so... He thought that he was in a safe place talking to to the good old boys, 
and good old boys got on recorded and it got leaked out. Uh. So I'm gonna try to be brief with this. Like everybody's recording something. Everybody's paying attention to what you know what you're doing. So if you are out there talking crazy, guess what? It's gonna get found out. It's gonna get talked about. It's gonna get leaked. Can't even be mad at it. So, hey, dear white people, you should be careful with what you say. And you don't have to worry about these issues about, you know, who's saying what. Or worried about if someone wanted someone's recording. My, you know, your thoughts. I'm keeping short too. Um, beware of the eyes that are watching. Um, I tell everybody when they want to be racist in secret, have you watched the Clippers former manager? Have you, have you watched, uh, Robert Kraft and what he said? Have you watched with the videos of Jerry Jones leaking out and what he said? Bob McNair. Bob, Bob McNair. I mean, there's a pretty thick list, Mr. Mather, and you didn't peep game and realize that even though you're on top, there's always somebody who's going to find somebody to take you down. So you just thought you was wrong, good company, and just really thought you could just let it say and boot. Now you got bopped across the head, and now you're out of a job. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Tough break, brother. Sorry, not sorry. So, um, college basketball news also. Duke and UNC are making a push to get into the tournament because right now they got them. Uh, well, they got definitely got Duke the first four out of the tournament, and Joe Lenard is pretty good at predicting who's going to get in and who's get out. I actually believe that. Uh, the the experts who who make up the teams for the bracket, uh, be like, you know what? We're just gonna listen to Joe Lenardi and we're just gonna formulate it and bam, put make the bracket. Um, Jalen Johnson at Duke opted out, and a coach believes that Duke is better without him. What do you think? Hmm. Duke is one of those teams that has always exhumed greatness no matter who was there or who was not there. Um, If they can get a taste of that tourney or the road to the tournament, they'll be fine. Um, I really don't know the specs behind why Jalen Johnson would opt out. I mean, that's the first time I've ever seen somebody go to Duke of all places, who have an extravagant basketball team, and they opt out like that. And to me, I, I, I mean, I, like I said again, I don't know the schematics of why he would want to opt out. I mean, hell, excuse my language. I mean, shoot, if he, if I was playing for Duke and they just wanted me to be the water boy, just to just to get recruited, would be would be nice suited and booted for me because hey. I show off my water boy skills. It can probably can be a water boy in the NBA. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh well, he opted out because he's protecting his investment, which is himself, and he figured that Duke was not going to make the tournament. So why play? Um, I'm not mad at him, but um, 
the coach that came out and said that the team is better without him is a uh, coach Jim Beheim from Syracuse, which in a sense from watching Duke play, they do play a lot better. It's a lot more ball movement than than Jalen Johnson just, you know, sitting there holding the rock or trying to set up plays for him. So it's just it just depends. Um you know, like on the perspective that you look at it. Um now quick question. Um since we're talking about college basketball, who who are you taking to win it all? You taking Baylor Gonzaga or you taking the field? When it comes to March Madness, it is pure madness. There's I mean, I see Baylor and Gonzaga being strong teams. But I've realized I've been here on this planet thirty seven years. I've been watching the March Madness for at least twenty. And it's always an upset. Always an upset somewhere along the tourney that throws everything out of commission. So, prime example, prime examples, Xavier, Davidson, you know, schools you only see on the sports ticker for ESPN, and that's the only reason why you really even know these schools. But I would have to take the field. I mean, there's really, they're dominating this season, but. You see where the hunger starts when the tourney starts. I've seen some of the last place teams take down the first place teams because that hunger, you never know what's going to happen on that court. Just like football, any given Sunday, college basketball, March Madness, any given part of the tournament can be your your ticket to getting booted. So, from from what I've seen... It, it's it's kind of hard not to take the field, but I'm gonna say Gonzaga. Like I've been watching them, and those guys play with so much continuity. It's it's crazy how much they play with. Um, so I'm just like, jeez, like it's 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 crazy. So. We're going to try to move, try to move fast through this. Um, so, Bedlam happened. OU and uh, Oklahoma State played Saturday and came back and played uh, again last night. And Oklahoma State Cowboys won both games. Yay! Um, I am not a Sooners fan. I am not. Well, ne- neither am I. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the, the both games were pretty good. Um, also... Cade Cunningham, who's probably who's probably probably going to be the number one pick, has set himself apart from everybody else in college. But I'll say this: his my drawback from him is that if he doesn't have the ball in his hand, he's just standing there, and he'll wait to the last minute to try to cut to the basket. Like if you want to be a top player in the league, you gotta you gotta constantly move without the ball. I think he'll get there. I mean, I believe he'll get there, but it's just like, I mean, it's college. Like, everybody's not an All-American. So, everybody's not a, a, a top, you know, McDonald's player. Yeah. So, that means everybody's not on the level of your or your playing talent and stuff like that. So, you should be able to do whatever it is you want to do and, you know, go, go for it. Um, so... Let's talk about this black cop. Uh, this black cop killed a white woman in uh, 
of all places, Minnesota. This was a couple of years ago. He's getting put in jail for 12 years in prison because, and I read the article, he, a woman comes to the car and jumps at the car. She has blood on her hands and it was a knee jerk reaction. But why is he getting prison? And these other white cops and things like that, or just, you know, oh, we don't uh, put you on administrative leave. We still gonna pay you to go to work. I mean, we still gonna pay you for not working, but just 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 lay low until then. That, my friend, is the power of privilege. Beautiful, sanctified privilege. Because guess what? Everybody who's going to be somebody can be somebody through the right nobodies. And through these cases with the black people getting harmed, unarmed, even some of them have special cases and these officers don't feel no remorse, 95 times out of 100, it's a bad profile that went even wrong, even more wrong from the get-go. You know, had we had these officers been trained not to profile black men like they do and treat black men with hostility like they do, we'll have a lot less black men dead on the streets. But this case in particular, I remember this case. It made absolutely no sense to get this man. It's such a quick conviction of first you wait years to give him a trial and then he gets he gets found guilty then you wait years to give him a sentence and he had only been he had only been on the force for a year exactly now you have 25 30 cops out there that's been on the force more than 5 6 years he he his 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 staggering Derek Chavin been on the force for I would say maybe twenty years. Since two thousand five there have been complaints about him in Minnesota and nothing happened. Have a live video him get of him putting his knee into somebody's neck saying that they can't breathe and we want to put him on administrative leave. Sway can't even act, act can't even act, answer this question. No, he can't. So yeah. That's my take on that. Um, in California, high school girls basketball coach gets suspended for two games after beating a team 161 to two. <laughs> my question is why? Go ahead. The coach that won did his job. Now, when I thought this was, you know, I'm not trying to be biased. I just saw the headline say, Coach gets suspended for beating the team 161-2. First of all, the focus shouldn't be on the coach that won. It should be focused on the coach that lost. Because how in the blue devil do you only score two points out of four quarters? Do you know what type of team you have to just score one basket out of four quarters? Out of, I don't even know. I didn't even want to research the attempts they took to see where they was going. Number two, if we all searching the earth of good sports play, and I'm going to get racial here, had this been a majority white person game, round about the 85th point, the rest would have stepped in and threw the town and say, hey, this game is over with. These girls suck. Let's go home. 
But as I read further into the story, the dude put in second string and third string. He couldn't put anybody else further to the game to get points. Everybody was just hot that night. Everybody. And the poor little team that scored that one basket. We're we going to pray for you, baby. We hope they don't destroy your basketball dreams. But you shouldn't attack the man. You shouldn't suspend the man for doing what he's supposed to do. The man played. The man coached the game. The girls played the game. The girls was hot. They was hitting everything from left to right, up to down. You you, you swapped out. You yourself said you swapped out to third string. Folk who get who, that's the folk who don't even play nothing unless the second string is injured. If your third string is still give you the capability to score one hundred and sixty points, that means everybody was hot that night. Yeah. Um. So this actually happened. What I want to say probably about at least 10 years ago when the Yates high school team, boys basketball team, beat Lee High School 170, 170 to 35. And people were upset that they scored that many points. Why you didn't take your foot off the, off the gas? And I'm like, if you're taught to play a certain way, you can't just tell. You, it's like, it's like when, when you've been taught a certain way, you, you can't just expect somebody to just unlearn something right away. It takes time, right? Right. Right? Because, I mean, clearly, people people have not unlearned racism, have not have not unlearned hate, and it's still going on, and no one wants to correct that. <laughs> so, I don't think he should have got fired. I mean, suspended. And the coach that lost by 159 points, uh, bruh, or ma'am, it's time for you to update your resume. Period. All right. Kyrie Irving says that the NBA should change the logo to Kobe. He even went on to say that Black Kings built this league. And I actually agree with him. Go ahead, Steve. I'm I'm about to say the same thing. I mean, when you when when you look at it historically, them folk didn't know what to do when the first slam dunk occurred. And guess what? It was a black person that did it. It was black people that made the game of basketball exciting. And it's because of black people, they had to do different rules and play like travel and double dribble because when they were trying to play with the same white people rules, they was beating new white people left and right. So, yeah, Kobe should be the face of the NBA. You know, Jordan is the legacy, Kobe the face, LeBron's the political institution. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in agreement with only because you know everything we touch is gold. Don't care what nobody say. Sparkle. Everything we touch is gold. Jesus turned water into wine. <laughs> and at, that, that was even actually that was actually an episode on Grownish, uh, when uh, and, and I'm sorry, not Grownish, mixed dish where uh. Uh, what's his name's dad? Um, Zach from uh, Say by the Bell. His dad that's on the show uh, was like, you know, Jesus, Jesus turned water into wine, not water into Hennessy. Nah, that <laughs> was like a word. So that's that's what we doing. It's a TV show, so I didn't I didn't take any offense to it, but I was just like, kind of got a point because black people love their Hennessy. So, um. Yeah, um, everything we touch, you know, we make it gold. 
Um, Lloyd Pierce got fired by the Hawks. And uh, Nate McMillan is taking over, which is not a bad idea. So, I mean, he's still, still a black coach, so. Lloyd was in over his head, that's all. Well, no, well, well I mean, who who was talented on that team outside of Trey Young? That's what I, that's what like, I mean. Like Clint Capella? That's, that's Don't what, worry, I'll wait. That's what I was saying. He, you know, when you have a team where you have to build from scratch, and they were like, well, here's these parts, make it work. I'm a trapper. Exactly. <laughs> he, he was in over his head. Um, now, Nate McMillan, he sees what he got. He going to build around what he got, and hopefully Atlanta can get a boost, a morale boost or something. Get some, get some, get some. I mean, when I, when I mean morale boost, because I've seen some of the games they lost, and it's because that final stretch, they, they don't have the energy to put, to, to put up. So maybe they can change some things around to where they might be able to do something. No, they're just not a talented team. All right, on their roster they got Trey Young, obviously, who's an up and coming player, right? Mm-hmm. Then you got Jason Collins. All right, Clint Capella, trash. Um, Danilo Gallinari, he's above average trash. Um, like he plays, he plays so slow. Um, Cam Reddish, he's he's okay, but he he can't shoot rocks in the water. You know, it's just so much going on with the team that everything is put on Trey Young. Um, so that's uh, I mean, so I'm not even, you know, I'm not even, I'm not even, you know, I, I'm sorry if I'm Lord Pierce, I'd be happy. So. Zlatan or Zlatan, however you say his name, the the Swedish soccer player Zoltan Zoltan believes that LeBron and other sports figures should just stick to sports, stick with their good at. But he's from Sweden, and LeBron told him in the most professional way possible. He says to him, "Do your homework first before you speak." Because I don't, I'm certain that Zoltan has not experienced any, anything racial that I can think of. He's what, 6'5", soccer player, and he's right about one thing. He's definitely good at soccer, but he ain't the greatest. He ain't a great. I, I, I don't put him in front of Leo, Leo Messi. I don't put him in front of uh, Ronaldo, Christian Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, uh, Neymar, like they're uh, Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey. You know, I put all these players before him. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Let's see. I should ask this question, but I think I'm going to save it. I think I'm going to save it. Oh, wait, no. All right. So, with the NBA players, you know, today marks what? It's almost 60 years since Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points in a game. Um, what NBA player now is capable or or having the mindset of dropping 100 points in a game? Here are your options. Curry, James Harden, Devin Booker, Klay Thompson, K. 
KD, Jamal Murray, and to name a couple more, Dame Dollar, Trey Young, maybe. Who do you say has has a a good chance? We had this discussion before, and I was my first off the rip was Curry, because the boy can. The boy has already shown he can score 60, 70 just by shooting trades. And then he does have – he doesn't tire himself out with all the shooting. So, I think he can go into a game and score 105 at least. Just off, just off his release and how he shoots just that alone. And then Clay, he's so quiet with his points. Jesus Christ. He can sneak – you, you won't, you won't, you won't even – See that he scored fifty points until after the game. Oh no, you'll see it because he he would have probably hit like ten straight. <laughs> like I remember watching when he scored thirty seven in in the I think the third quarter. Mm-hmm. It was against Sacramento. Yeah, I remember that game. Like even even his miss. I mean, like, even even when he got fouled on the play before the third quarter ended, he just threw it up. See if he was still hot and it went in. It like, went in, yeah. That was a horrible game for us. Well, I mean, y'all, y'all still had the Marcus Cousins. Which didn't do nothing. Well, he had a double-double. He did his part. But it's a team effort. And clearly, no one could guard uh, Clay. That, so, that game was horrible because Clay was just, I'm going to take a shot here. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Yeah, so um, – Let's see. All right, let's let us let's talk about this one last thing, and then we gonna get out. Well, two more things, and we gonna get out of here. Uh, dating, what is it like during this pandemic? And because me and him are married, we can't speculate on what it's like to be dating during the pandemic. Um, but you know, I, I've talked to people who are single, and what it's like. You know, trying to find somebody to be compatible with, find somebody to get along with and things like that. Um, from what I've been told, dating sucks right now. That's that's the only way to put it. What you think? My homeboy, uh, coronavirus 19, had told me that he was going to mess all that stuff up for him this year anyway. You know, have all these places closed and limited facilities. And he say, I want to see how creative these folk could be. And the reason why the dating scene sucks, because COVID sucked all the creativity out of dating. And at my job, I, my job is mostly female-led. It's nothing but females every day. It's probably, you got 1,300 people where I work. Maybe 300 of us is males. So, when they come in, the biggest complaint I hear is, they don't never go outside the box. They never do this. They never do that. They always stay in this particular range. And I would have to say, when you're so used to say, hey, let's go to dinner and a movie and shoot some pool. What do you do when the places are closed? Do you, I mean... Do, do y'all believe in having a game night with some with some drinks or what? You know, you have to. The reason why the dating scene sucks is because folks suck. <laughs> folks ain't being creative no more. Yeah. Um, 
the, the dating scene, like I said, I've heard people like they they'll go out on a date, or even if they even do a virtual date, and it's like that whether it's a guy or whether it's a man or a woman, they'll say something that just kind of ruins it for them, and it's like, bruh, or sis, like come on now. And even even when you're going out on a date, now that some places are opening back up, it's like, yeah, it's a whole nother thing. <laughs> so, oh man, I, I, I got to talk about this. So, here's why, and I know Steve can definitely back me up on this. Here's why the white man hate us black so much. So... All, all the children get all together, sit Indian style, you know, crisscross. And let me tell you a story. Uh, long ago, long ago, when the world was created, there was a guy by the name of Isaac. Isaac married a woman named Rebecca. Rebecca had two sons named Jacob and Esau. It's funny how. Jacob's name is always mentioned first, even though he wasn't the firstborn between them two. But everybody always say Jacob and Esau. Not Esau and Jacob, but Jacob and Esau. So, when Esau was being born, because he was born first, Jacob was tugging on Esau to pull him back in the womb so he could be born first. But Esau was born first. He came out and... These two were the exact opposite now in case for, for and, and this is a black history moment for you people because we know it's March and black history still goes on because we are con- constantly creating history or writing history. So, yeah, Esau was born first and Esau was white. He was redhead. Um, hair was, was a wool. If you want a... I'm trying to see who would be a depiction of a redhead now. What's a celebrity I can name? Maybe Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a wrestling fan, Sheamus without the mohawk. Um, so that's how Esau was born. And Jacob was born black. Now, black women are the only women that can... Have have different different racial babies. Mm-hmm. It, it don't matter if the husband is black. Somebody in their in in their ancestral plane, <laughs> and and ancestral lineage, you know, someone um, is, is born of a, a different uh, ethnic descent. So that's how that happened. So anyway, Jacob wanted the birthright. And the blessing. So one day Esau was going out in the field, and it's it's all in the book of Genesis. So if you people if you read your Bible, it's in there. Uh, and and I'm paraphrasing. I'm not saying it verbatim. So Esau was out in the field going, you know, find food or whatever. He came back in and he was hungry. So Esau to ask Jacob, yo, give me something to eat, bruh. And like I said, I'm paraphrasing. So he was like, give me something to eat, bruh. Your boy hungry. He was like, Jacob was like, nah, son. <laughs> like, he's from New York. <laughs> like, like, nah, son. Give, give me that birthright first. So Esau was like, my birthright? What? Yeah. Birthright. Yeah, son. Run it. Run, run me that birthright. Fine. All right. 
So then, right as Isaac was getting ready to die, he was preparing to die. He was blind at the time. And uh, Isaac told Esau, was like, can you go fetch me some food so I can bless you and your family and stuff like that. So Rebecca overheard the conversation, which is, why ain't nobody talking about Rebecca in this whole conversation? This situation is going on. She overheard the conversation. So Rebecca, so after Esau left, Rebecca went and told Jacob, hey, I want you to do this. Make some food for your daddy because, you know, your daddy about to give Esau a blessing, but you deserve it. You deserve it more. So do that. Um, and but, but do this killer animal. Put the hair on your arm because, you know, your daddy blind. He can't see. He can barely see me or whatever. So Jacob does everything that Rebecca tells him to do. And because, again, Isaac couldn't see. Isaac had Jacob come close to feel him, to make sure that it was him. And he felt like him. Although his voice sounded like Jacob, he thought it was Esau. So, bam, Esau got the blessing. So, I'm sorry, not Esau. Jacob got the blessing. And when Esau tried to come back, he was like, Isaac was like, I've been bamboozled, hoodwinked. Uh, Smirkernorfed. Right. <laughs> so, Esau, Esau still was blessed, but he didn't get the same blessing that Jacob got. And if you read Esau, also another name for it is Edom, which created the Edomites. Edomites are the white people. And ever since then, that's when the hate began. <laughs> that rhymes. I should be a poet. Oh, that's right. I am a poet. And I do know it. Anyway. <laughs> Where my tomatoes at? Right. <laughs> hold, hold, look, hold my henny. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink. I promise I don't drink. Um. So, this last thing, um, so, so this last thing is National Women's Month, and name me a woman that you admire, and if you say anybody other than your wife, you're going to get in trouble. See, why you doing something and setting me up for failure, I thought you was my brother, but... You say it's National Women's Month and name a woman that you admire. I admire the black woman. Okay. Because she's studious, passionate, comparing, I mean, caring, compromising, willful, strong, brave, and bold. That's who I admire. So, <laughs> what you're saying is. You admire all women that are black. That's good. Yes. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going to still say my wife because I know she's going to listen to this and I don't want to get in trouble. So. Your wife's one of them. I know that. But it says name a woman. A uno. I'm naming my wife. Black woman is a woman. The yeah. black woman is a woman. Yeah, but you're speaking in general terms. Now, if you want to be specific, yes, my wife is the woman I admire the most. Okay. Now, if you say a woman I admire the most, it'll be my wife. But you say admire. Okay. I follow I'll, directions. You know I was good at following directions. All right. I'll, I'm going to let you have it. <laughs> so, I'm going to still say my wife. No. She's awesome in all that she says and does. Even when I get on her nerves, she's still this awesome person that, even if I was to go back in time, I would still tell my younger self to still marry uh, my wife. I would, I would, I would tell my younger self to meet this wife now and avoid the previous one. 
without rendition if I could. Yeah, you know, sometimes it don't work like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all right. So, again, of course, y'all know I don't own the rights to the music that I play. So, the song you heard today was by Thizzle. It's called Let's Get To It. Let's Get To It. So, this your boy, Daydrian. And your boy, Steven. And this is the Cosmo Potato Podcast. Until next time, we signing out. Peace. Peace.